Alright ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Nick's Sports Talk with your host, Nick Scortino. So today, we'll be talking about some college basketball, a lot of news in the NFL right now, a lot of stuff going on with the Giants that I'm very excited to talk about, and a few other free agent signings. Uh, We'll talk about the NHL, the Rangers, the Devils, and a few other uh, interesting stories that have uh, happened this week. Um... The NBA, we got a few stories, and we'll end the show this week talking about the spring training games. So, to kick it off, we'll dive right into college basketball. Um, So, a lot of you may not know, but I'm a huge Rutgers fan. Uh, My dad went to Rutgers, my two brothers went to Rutgers, so I've grown up uh, watching Rutgers sports, and it was great to see them finally in basketball make the tournament, but... Man, did it suck watching them lose to the way they did to Houston. Uh, You know, they had the opportunity to advance to the Sweet 16 and play Syracuse, which would have been a great game, but they couldn't get the job done, unfortunately, uh, against Houston in the round of 32. But for, for them, they made the... It's the first time in nearly 40 years that they made the round of 32, so... I'm happy that I was able to watch them in the tournament. I just wish I was able to watch them a little bit longer. Uh, it it stinks. It still stings a little bit, you know. But I'm happy that they were able to make the tournament one. And I'll be even happier when they start. this starts to become a more permanent thing for them. And they start to uh, have things click better in their program now. And... You know, they get the recruits they need, they get all the uh, talent they need and everything like that, and they're able to uh, really put together a, a winning program in college basketball at uh, Rutgers. So it'll be nice uh, for the future. It stinks the way they lost. You know, losing by three the way they did is never really it's a hard pill to swallow, but I think they'll use this loss and really build upon it and be like, okay, next year, when we make the tournament and things like that, we're not going out like that. We're not going to play the same basketball like that. We're going to play differently. and They're going to change some things around to really, um, to really fix what they screwed up in the, the game gets used in. And I think that the Rutgers can do that. Steve Peichel has been a fantastic coach. He's rebuilt that program from the ground up and it's been great. So not the end that we wanted, but at least they, at least they advanced and won a game in the NCAA tournament and showed that they can hang with the best of the best in this uh, in college basketball. So, moving on, we're gonna I'm gonna preview the Sweet 16 games and give you my picks of who I think is gonna win. So, uh, Gonzaga versus uh, Creighton. I think obviously Gonzaga is gonna win that one easily. Gonzaga is the one seed. They've been one of the best basketball teams. Uh, college basketball teams the whole season so um i think they'll they'll win that one uh usc versus oregon i picked oregon oregon you know uh oregon's a more experienced team they've got a little bit more uh you know veteran players on the team and i think oregon can really get the job done and beat you uh usc michigan versus florida state michigan is like one of the is is the only team left from the Big Ten because they're the only ones that haven't lost uh, yet. And I think Michigan can uh, can get this job done. Uh, I think that they were the better Big Ten team coming into this tournament. And 
it's proved. I mean, they advanced to Sweet 16, so I think Michigan can uh, can beat Florida State and continue on to the Elite Eight. Uh, UCLA versus uh, Alabama. I think that surprisingly, Alabama's the two seed. UCLA's eleven. I think that UCLA, UCLA will win this game because they are riding such a hot streak right now after after uh, playing the way that they have in the, the last uh, three games they've played because they, they had a play-in game against Michigan State. They won. Um, I don't remember their exact opponent they played in the round of 64, and they beat... Um, I forget who they beat in the round of 32. But they're, they're riding a hot streak right now, and, you know... They may be an 11 seed, but they're coming out flying. So Alabama's better watch out, and that's why I think that UCLA will continue their winning streak and uh, make a deep run. Uh, Baylor versus Villanova. I mean, that one kind of speaks for itself. Baylor is one of the, is the second best team in basketball, college basketball this year, kind of neck and neck with Gonzaga. But I think Baylor will, will beat Villanova pretty easily. Arkansas versus Oral Roberts. Now. You know, everybody is probably saying Arkansas is the better seed. Oral Roberts is just getting lucky. I, however, want to see Oral Roberts make a, a run into this tournament because it's great to see these, uh, you know, lower seeded teams come in and or higher seeded teams come in and uh, just make these like random runs that uh, becomes like history in the NCAA. So I th- I want to see Oral Roberts win this game and advance to the Elite Eight. Uh, Loyola Chicago versus Oregon State. Uh, I think Loyola Chicago will win that. They're also on another uh, on a pretty good run so far. And the final game is Syracuse versus Houston, and I think Syracuse will win this because Syracuse has been playing out of their mind in this tournament. They have been shooting the ball from three-point very well. They've been playing very good offense and very good defense, and I think that Syracuse will best Houston in this game, especially because Houston might be missing their best player because he is a hip pointer. So um, if that's the case and he doesn't play for Houston, it becomes a little bit easier for uh, Syracuse to win that game. So transitioning into now what is my favorite topic to talk about this week, and that is that the New York Giants have been splashing the cash of this free agency to really, really help out this team. And it is great to see. So to start start this off, you've got Kenny Galladay signing with the New York Giants. I have loved every minute of this deal. Yes, it's four year, he signed a four-year, $72 million contract with $28 million guaranteed last year. Uh, last year he had... 20 catches, 338 yards, and two touchdowns, and he averaged about 16.9 yards per catch, and he was injured for part of last year, so, you know, uh, he didn't have the best best overall stats, but Giants checked him out, he's now healthy, and I'm so excited about this deal, because now it gives Daniel Jones the weapons he needs to really test him to see if he's the quarterback of the future, and... I hope to God that he does because I I think he can. I'll start off by saying that. I think he can. And the biggest difference between last, you know, we had Eli Manning before before Daniel Jones. And the biggest difference that Daniel Jones showed us this year is he is mobile. And I think that's the biggest thing right now in the NFL is if you have a quarterback that can move, 
it makes it a little bit easier because Daniel Jones was scrambling for his life because the offensive line was so bad in the first half of the year before they turned it around in the second half. But he's he's he can be mobile when he needs to, and I think that's a, that's also going to play a big factor into his year this year. So, um, but so now with Daniel Jones, he has Kenny Galladay as the number one receiver, Sterling Shepard, who will most likely uh, be slotted into a slot receiver role, which is uh, his best position by far and uh, when the Giants have used him there. Um, Darius Slayton, who's been a fantastic deep threat receiver for them. So that's, you know, once you have that deep threat ball uh, down, he's the guy you want to throw it to. They signed John Ross, which I talked about last week, but... John Ross is a very speedy receiver, so he offers a little bit more of a, uh, if you need to get the ball down the field quick, you just do a nice little dump pass to him, and he gets you as, uh, as many yards as possible with his speed. Evan Ingram's got to control the drops. Uh, you know, a lot of those drops were very uh, detrimental to their uh, games last year, and some of them, some of the the interceptions that they said were Daniel Jones's fault were, was really Evan Ingram's fault. I mean, that man... It went right through his hands or hit off his hands and deflected up in the air to, for a, a defender to easily catch it. So if he gets that down, I think I think he'll be a little bit better this year. They also signed Kyle Rudolph, which is a really good deal. He had a he has to get a surgery on his foot, but um, this month. But they have said he will be back and ready to go come training camp. So that's good. To, that's good to know too. And of course, the Giants will have Saquon Barkley back, and hopefully he'll he'll return to the same player he was. And now that this offensive line is a little bit more improved, I think that Saquon will be, be will have a better season this year than obviously last year because he tore the ACL. But on top of that, last year he barely had time to even start a run. So I, I hope the offensive line can really protect Daniel Jones, really help out Saquon, and. The addition of Kenny Galladay just really, really helps out the Giants in so many different ways by having a true number one receiver who's got good hands, a big body, and speed. So I love this deal. I love this deal a lot. I can't wait for football season to start now because this is going to be exciting to watch. The Giants have also signed Adoree Jackson to a three-year deal, $39 million dollars. With more than $20 million guaranteed, this is another great signing because now they have two good cornerbacks in James Bradbury and Adoree Jackson. And the back end of this defense in the secondary is looking very nice with Bradbury, Logan Ryan, Jabot Peppers, Xavier McKinney, Darnay Holmes, Julian Love, and now Adoree Jackson. I love this deal too because you now have two very good cornerbacks being able to uh, cover the top two receivers on uh, each team. And Bradbury showed last year that he could be a lockdown corner, which is great. And Dory Jackson, uh, I haven't watched a lot of uh, film on him yet, but I'm sure I'll, I'll watch some before the season starts to really get a uh, get a good look at him to see how he plays. And uh, you have Logan Ryan, who proved he was uh, he was very good last year. Jabril Peppers is a fantastic safety. Xavier McKinney's coming into his second year. Of the uh, Giants, along with Darnay Holmes, who's a young cornerback uh, as well, who they drafted last year, and Julian Love is another cornerback uh, they got. And 
I'm really liking the way that this team is this team's looking on both sides of the field. It's looking nice. Joe Judge is is now the other thing too is Joe Judge has got a got to really really make things work in New York with all the talent he now has in these players on both sides of the ball and I think that he can cuz he's shown last year that he He's very stern with his players and is a no-nonsense coach, which I think is what the Giants needed. They needed somebody to uh, to really do, uh, be that guy for them, and Joe Judge has done that. So we'll see how this season plays out for them. I will, will keep every, all of you updated if anything changes in these next few weeks. And when, when training camp starts, I'll give the whole rundown again of uh, how the Giants will look. Uh, some surprises, stuff like that. Um, so moving on, uh, we got three other free agent deals that have happened this week. Uh, Deshaun Jackson has joined the Rams with other receivers such as Cooper Cup and Robert Woods to give uh, new QB Matthew Stafford a deep threat. I don't know how I feel about this one because Deshaun Jackson's a little bit of an older receiver and. I don't think that, you know, he could probably still play, but I just think that the Rams could have went out and got somebody else that could have really rounded out the uh, receiving core of Matthew Stafford because Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are great, uh, a great one, uh, one-two punch, but I guess, you know, he's essentially just going to be a slot receiver, which is what he's, he's good at, so... I don't know. I just I think that there was maybe a better receiver that they could have gotten than, than uh, an older Deshaun Jackson. But he's also uh, last year he was uh, injured most of the season, so that's the other thing that'll play a big deal into this. And we'll see we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Philip Lindsay has signed a one year deal with the Houston Texans. The deal is worth three point two five million with one million guaranteed and a five hundred thousand uh, dollar. $500,000 worth of incentives. Uh, it's a good backup for David Johnson, and to be honest, he could probably even overtake David Johnson for the starting role of running back for the Houston Texans because Philip Lindsay uh, in 2019-2020 was one of the best running backs in the uh, league for the Denver Broncos. And we all know Dave, we all know David Johnson hasn't been the same since he uh, had those injuries uh, happen to him. So, uh Good cheap deal for the uh, Houston Texans, and it might work out for them in the end. So, what oh, I honestly do think that he'll be he'll end up being the uh, end up being the starting running back at some point uh, this upcoming NFL season. Uh, the final free agency deal was T.Y. Hilton has signed a one-year, ten million dollar deal to stay with the Indianapolis Colts. This will be his tenth season with them, and it gives Carson Wentz another obviously gives Carson Wentz another weapon with Michael Pittman. Pittman. Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor, so it's a very good deal for uh, the for the Indianapolis Colts. I I like it. You know, you keep he's been with them for the organization for ten years, and he stated that he wants to uh, finish what he started and started. And I really like that about a about a player like that. He's loyal. Takes a one year deal to uh, stay with uh, the team he's been with, and. We'll, uh, we'll see how that one plays out, you know. He's a little bit older, too. He's uh, 31 years old, so we'll see exactly uh, 
how the Colts utilize him uh, this year with a new quarterback. Now, transitioning to the NHL, the Boston Bruins season is uh, on pause because of positive COVID tests. The Bruins' only player on the uh, COVID list is Sean Corrali, uh, and a few other um, coaches were uh, had tested positive. They had their games against the Sabres uh, last Saturday, and the Islanders uh Last uh, this past Tuesday, postponed their team facilities were closed until at least today. Uh, I haven't gotten any word on whether or not they've reopened yet, but I will let you know about that. I'll keep you guys updated with uh, what happens now with the Bruins season. Um, the Colorado Avalanche have traded for Buffalo Sabres goalie uh, Jonas Johansson. Uh, Colorado has sent the sixth round pick draft pick for him. Buffalo is just waiting for. Um, COVID-19 testing uh, results because the Sabres had just played the Bruins, as I stated before, and they don't want to send him, they don't want to send Johansson over with a positive COVID test to then derail the Avalanche season. So the Avalanche make this move because they've been relying heavily on their starting goalie, Philip Grubauer, because their backup, Pavel Frank... uh, Francouz has a lower has a lower uh, has a lower body injury uh, body injury, and Buffalo is currently waiting for Michael Hauser to clear waivers so they don't have to call, uh, to sign him because they've already signed him but they haven't uh, officially done it because they don't want to have to call up somebody from the minors so they're waiting to for him to clear waivers so they can officially sign him and he can slot right into being a uh, goalie for them. The Pittsburgh Penguins, of uh, any of Malkin, is def- is out indefinitely with a lower body injury. He was placed on the IR after he hurt his knee. Mike Sullivan said that Malkin is week to week, and currently this season Malkin has eight goals, sixteen assists, and twenty four points. So it'll be curious to see how Pittsburgh handles this because you know you never really want to lose a star for a few weeks, and you know they were just starting to get everything back uh going again and i think that uh it's a tough loss for them it's a tough loss for them after you know you just got crosby back from covid you just got a few other guys back and you lose one of your better players so we'll see how they uh handle that and what they decide to do with that whole situation the new york rangers have had a pretty good week so far on march 17th they beat the philadelphia flyers 9 nothing. Yes, you heard that right. 9 nothing. Um they scored 7 goals in the second period, which is very impressive. Uh Mika Zibanejad had 3 goals and 3 assists in that game. Uh they then lost to the Capitals 2-1 on March 19th, but they um on Saturday night they ended up beating the Capitals 3-1 and on Monday night, they played the Buffalo Sabres, and they beat them 5-3. So, you know, they're going on a tear right now, and, you know, it's good to see them do that. Uh, Mika Zibanejad has been on fire for the Rangers. In the last five games, he has four goals, six assists, and ten points. And I know he started the season out rough, but he's definitely seemed to get his footing back and looks like the player he was last year before uh, COVID hit. 
also to the Rangers, uh, congratulations to Adam Fox for playing uh, 100 games with the Rangers. It's a very impressive uh, milestone for him, and I'm sure Rangers fans are hoping uh, he'll be able to play uh, a lot more games than that. So it's good to good to see him hit that uh, milestone. Now transitioning to the New Jersey Devils, they took two out of three games against the Pittsburgh Penguins. They beat them 3-2 last Thursday. They lost 3-1 on Saturday Saturday night, and they won 2-1 in OT on Sunday. Mackenzie Blackwood has looked really good in his last few starts. So far this uh, this season, since he came back from COVID, Blackwood has a record of 7-8-1. His goals against average is 2, 2.91. His save percentage is .908. And Last night, the Devils ended up beating the Philadelphia Flyers 4-3 with goals coming from Michael McLeod, Kyle Palmieri, Yegor Sharangovich, and Travis Ajak. And Mackenzie Blackwood had three saves last night, 30 saves last night, and allowed three goals. But, you know, he couldn't really do anything about the goals because it was they, a lot of them are off rebounds. And it's like, you know, he made the initial save, it rebounded, and the Flyers were just able to slot it home, which, which really sucked because he, he was moving all over the crease last night and making all these great saves and it, it stinks that you know a lot of the a lot of the goals the three the three goals that they scored last night were essentially rebounds but um the team heads to Washington to take on the Capitals uh later this week so I'm excited for uh, that series to happen hopefully they can uh, take a few points against the uh, Capitals the Devils also have the most points by players under 23 or younger. This is a very, very big uh, stat for them because they, they're they a very young team, so it's nice to really see these uh, young guys come out into this team and start playing at a great level for them. Uh, the combined point total is 115, and some notable names on this list are Pavel Zaka, Ty Smith, Jack Hughes, Yanni Kokkinen, Jesper Bratt, Yegor Sharangovich, Michael McLeod, Nathan Bastian, and Mikhail Maltev. So you got a lot of these uh, young guys playing, which for uh, the New Jersey Devils, which is great because they're assessing their their youth and they're winning games and they're being competitive in games and things like that. And it's it's just really really nice to see. Final, the final story for the uh, NHL is the NHL has fired referee Tim Peel for his hot mic comment about a penalty call in Nashville. Peel was heard saying that he wanted to get a penalty against Nashville, and he was suggesting that he was suggesting that he was advocating for a makeup call. I think this is a very serious matter in sports because he was caught. He was. This is. I think this is a serious matter in sports because he was caught. And how many other people, how many other times has this happened, but it maybe wasn't caught because there was no microphones? And I think that the, the microphone should be a thing, thing on the rest because it'll really, if something does happen in a game like this again, the NHL will have evidence of if the if they're giving out penalties or things like that because they want to or things like that. You know what I mean? You don't. The referees have a lot of power in all sports, and I would I would personally like to see this be an all sp- thing across all sports because 
I really believe that sometimes uh, the referees make the wrong calls, and sometimes it's um, sometimes it's very detrimental to the game. And this is a very, 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 very prime example for that. And we'll see exactly now how the NHL handles the rest of this. So, but I think that it should be a thing. The referees should wear mics. So if something like this does happen again, the NHL can figure out ways to stop it from happening in other sports down the road if they decide to take the route that the NHL is taking with this. The So moving to the NBA, the Toronto Raptors are currently working on a trade for Kyle Lowry and uh, working on trades for Kyle Lowry and Norman Powell, Powell in a roster blowup. The Raptors have lost nine straight and dropped to 11th in the Eastern Conference. It'll be interesting to see where Kyle Lowry will go because he can definitely help a team with his leadership and experience. And uh, Norman Powell, will be a, he's playing, playing out of his mind this season and He'll be a, he'll definitely be a great addition to uh, any team that uh, decides to trade for him. So I'll keep everybody updated with that because uh, tomorrow is the trade deadline for the NBA. So if there's some big trades, I'll uh, I'll definitely uh, post about it. So I want to get your feedback on uh, some of the the deals that go down. Steph Curry is out at least another week due to inflammation in his tailbone. The Warriors, I think, should just let him take his time because they aren't going anywhere this season. So they say he's going to be evaluated in a week, but I personally think that they should just uh, let him take his time and come come when he's back and ready to go because the Warriors aren't contending for a playoff spot and they're not going to be for the rest of the season. I think that they should really just take their time this season do what you got to do, assess some of the young players they've got and hit free agency uh, or trades, you know, get somebody uh, through trades and be able to just hit the ground running next season with Clay back, Steph back, and maybe a few other new faces in uh, Golden State to jumpstart them uh, fighting for playoff spots again. Uh, the final story of the NBA is LeBron James has been diagnosed with a high ankle sprain and is out for a few weeks, maybe up to a month. Uh, this definitely sucks for the Lakers because they've already lost Anthony Davis, who is still a few weeks away from uh, coming back to the team. And now losing uh, your leader of your team, it's it's always tough. And hopefully uh, the Lakers will... Maybe make they they might make a trade. There's been some talks about trading Montrezl Harrell or Contavious Caldwell Pope for somebody, and I think whatever they decide to do, it'll definitely help them uh, for the future. From maybe the, even this year, and hopefully for the future. So, just hopefully, LeBron James. Gets, uh, gets healthy, and Anthony Davis gets healthy too when they come back on the court and start tearing it back up to what they were doing. So they help the Lakers, you know, hopefully repeat. The final topic this week is the, the spring training games from uh, yesterday. So the Red Sox beat the Braves 7-6. The Pirates beat the Twins 1-0. The Yankees tied the Tigers 5-5. The Orioles beat the Rays 4-3. The Nationals tied the Cardinals 5-5. to 
the Mets beat the Marlins 5-3, the Rangers beat the Angels 6-4, the White Sox beat the Cubs 3-1, the Athletics beat the Rockies 4-1, the Giants beat the Indians 7-0, the Padres beat the Reds 5-4, the Brewers beat the Dodgers 9-6, the Blue Jays beat the Phillies 9-3, and the Mariners beat the Diamondbacks 3-0. So that pretty much closes out this week in sports for Nick Sports Talk. So that is all for today, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you all have a great day.